What we need right now is a clear message to the people of this country. This message must be read in every newspaper, heard on every radio, seen on every television. This message must resound throughout the entire interlink. I want this country to realize that we stand on the edge of oblivion. I want every man, woman and child to understand how close we are to chaos. I want everyone to remember why they need us. <laughs> the fuck is with this guy? Who is he? I'm your huckleberry. The decision of one man to launch a wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. I mean, of Ukraine. Everybody knows you never go full retard. You went full retard, man. There's an old saying in Tennessee, I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once, shame on, shame on you. If fool me, we can't get fooled again. So you smart, huh? No. I thought your hair would be bigger. It says on your chart that you're fucked up. Uh, you talk like a fag, and your shit's all retarded. So, just chill out. You know, drink a 7-Up, eat a moon pie, quit murdering people. You have smoked yourself retarded. It's a big club. And you ain't in it. I got hairy legs that turn that 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 that, that turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down, so it was straight. And then watch the hair come back up again. What is your major malfunction, num nuts? And welcome to another Monday Night Master Debaters. Ooh, we got a wild times right now. We had a wild week last week when the left all of a sudden, I don't know where they uncovered the Osama bin Laden papers, but they did that and went nuts. And all of a sudden were praising him as like their Lord and Savior for, for a brief moment. Uh, always fun to watch that. Um, but who cares? Really? Really, it's from 20 years ago, and if you're just getting into it now, you're you're well behind the game. So we're going to look at other stuff, some fun stuff, some stuff in the sports world, some AI, all that fun stuff. And who better to have on than our buddy Kirby, who I just found out is a free agent now. Mm-hmm. Nice. So the options are open. What are the chances we we get you out here east? I I'd I love, love you to put. I'd love you to come to Boston just because yeah. it's close. No, I- but I fucking I grew, hate the Red Sox. Oh, really? Yeah. See, I grew up a huge Red Sox fan. I don't know why, but my dad, like, growing up, for some reason at home, he like, the Red Sox games were always on. So, like, when I was growing up getting into baseball, I always watched the Red Sox. And ironically enough, like, the first season that I played, like, I was 10 years old. I was, like, finally like, – I joined a travel team. Like, I was just playing nonstop. And the Red Sox won it that year. And so, like, ever since then, I've been huge Red Sox. But, yeah, I would like to get back on the East Coast. It's kind of nice to, um, like, you know, with the Blue Jays and the A's, you know, I kind of, like, was – like, I got drafted by the Blue Jays and I got traded to the A's. So, 
in a sense, I didn't really need to like choose my team, but now like being a free agent, I kind of get to, you know, choose where I want to go. Teams that are interested, I can kind of like pick which one I think will work best for me, but yeah. What is that like moving, man? Like, like when you're, <laughs> you're dealing with all the different teams, like that's something I always really wonder about yeah. is do the teams cover your rent or, or mortgage or whatever. Yeah. Or... So they, um, every three to four years, the players, the players have a union and they do a collective bargaining agreement, which basically is like rules that are set out for players and stuff like that. So the last one they approved where basically, so for example, when I got traded, I got traded in spring training from the Blue Jays to the A's. Um, my fortunately i was staying with a family friend so i didn't have to like sign a lease or anything i was just kind of like paying her as i went like but for example like if i was in a lease the blue jays since they traded me to the a's would have to cover whatever my the rest of my lease was basically Mm. or i would pay for it and they would just reimburse me when the time came so it's an interesting concept, man, because, you know, people are familiar with like having to travel for work and stuff like that. But yeah. no one like it's a very unique job well, or like a, a unique characteristic to a job yeah. when you have to totally just like yeah. up and move. Well, for for example, the day I got traded, I was in Florida for spring training with the Blue Jays. Uh, we were in uh, Dunedin, which is like 45 minutes from Tampa. Um and they told me at like 9 a.m. They were like, hey, you know, we traded you the Oakland A's. Um, you know, thank you for everything. Yada, yada. And we have, uh, I get a call from the the A's like travel secretary. And he's like, yeah, I got you a flight today for four o'clock out to Phoenix. So by four o'clock that day, like that morning I woke up, I had no idea that I was going to get traded. Like I had zero, like I didn't wow. know at all. And then on four at four o'clock that afternoon, I'm heading you know, to Arizona to you're moving your life. You're not, you're not just taking a trip. Yeah. 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 That's nuts, man. Like that's, that's something that no one can really understand unless they're going through that. And what's got to be even crazier Kirby is the minor league system, right? Mm -hmm. Because you don't have all the perks of the major league system. Mm -hmm. And you're, you're at that point, you're basically willing to do whatever to get to the show. So, you know, you're willing to move wherever. And that's, I don't know how guys do it with families. It's, it's gotta be just yeah. unbelievable. I actually had dinner with a, a teammate, old teammate tonight. And we were talking about that exact thing. Cause we are both like, you know, uh, neither of us are married or have kids. And it's like, it's so much easier. Like I couldn't imagine doing it, you know, while trying to like raise your family. You know, like I play with guys who, you know, they'll go a month or so without seeing their, their kids and it's like i don't know how you deal with that it's kind of crazy but yeah that's wild yeah damn all right well rye what do you got going on my friends dude so right now man i'm actually like i'm really motivated to write a book of some kind right and you know obviously brandon being like my former co-host very intelligent dude you know book smart you know he's not very street smart right but he's very book smart and i've been writing a lot for, a lot for my job and i was talking with him dude and we're, i'm actually texting him right now and we were thinking of maybe writing a book together where we both like argue about conspiracies in a book to where like i like let's say that the topic's 911 
I write like my case for 9-11 and he writes his case on, on 9-11. And then like, you know, we, we write our cases about government and all this stuff. And it's, it's in two different tones. Something interesting, man. I think like, uh, it, I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like the podcast is like dying. I don't know why. I, I just feel like it's not, it's not the same as it was when we started it in 2020. You know, like that was, that was kind of like the hot spot the hot time yeah. for all this stuff where it was like, dude, there's so much stuff to talk about. Um, the podcasts are still a good medium to get information out there, but like the, these dudes that have been writing books, man, like, um, you know, the guy from whiskey, beer and conspiracies writing a book, right? Like I, that, that's just such a cool thing to me, man. And, uh, you know, there, there's other people out there that, you know, I'm going to have on my show soon that are also writing books. And I just think it's, it's such a cool thing. And it's, it's like almost a dead art to a lot of people is just writing a book, just something so simple like that, but it's so alive still, dude. Like, I think that, yeah. that, you know, a lot of people love reading books, but it's not flashy. It's not cool. It's not as, it's not as sexy as having a Netflix series. Right. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. It's like, like, yeah. I, I think it'd be really fun to write a book and it'd be fun to to try to capture like the two sides, almost like you're throwing someone that's reading a book into a debate, you know, like you're you're catching both sides of, like I said, 9-11, cryptids, freaking uh, government, vaccines, all these different things. So, uh, yeah, we're talking about that, man. And that's kind of something that I'm working on right now. I think that'd be kind of fun. I like that idea, man, especially with you and Brandon, because you're getting the le- the the two polar opposite positions usually on most issues yeah yeah dude so yeah i, I, super, I think it'd be fun it's super funny you say that i'm not saying this because we're on but this morning i was driving uh to go work out or and throw whatever and i threw on your podcast from last friday that you uploaded and i was like man i haven't like sat down and like listened to a podcast in what seemed like months you know, so it was just funny that you say that because I, I noticed that today actually driving around. I was like, man, like in 2020, like I was listening to podcasts like nonstop every day, you know, and I was uh, reading a lot more. But like now it's like I think like the last three years of just like just think about like from 2020 till now, like how fast time has gone by. It's just yeah. like I kind of you kind of like lose track of like like I had so much time back then. And now it's like I feel like I can't take 10 minutes out of my day to like listen to something it was actually funny i was listening to it but yeah well kirby do you think that it, it like that do you think that that's kind of like intentional that that all of this stuff has gone on and there's been like this information overload to where everyone feels like they're so confident in their their political stances and they're so confident you know like what I, whatever I, topics thrown out there people are so confident and they're willing to act like experts on yeah. every topic that's out yeah. there well, I feel like just the development of like TikTok and like, you know, you go on Instagram now and they have these reels and they have, you know, YouTube has these short videos and it's like people's attention spans only like 10 seconds and then they're worried about the next thing. So mm-hmm. I feel like with podcasts, it's like, unless you're like going on an eight hour drive, you know, people aren't really like sitting down to listen to that stuff anymore. And it sucks because like, for me, like that's kind of how I got into this world was like, sitting down, listening to things, observing things, like, you know, reading stuff. And 
you know, po- people whose po- like podcasts I was listening to, like they were deep in the game and I was like just getting started. So it was like, it was like good for me to like listen to it. Cause they, obviously I didn't know like the ins and outs of, you know, this little, you know, the conspiracy world, but yeah, I think, uh, I think just people's attention spans have gotten so short just cause, you know, and I think a lot of people got burnt out too, mm-hmm. right? People went so hard for so long. And I mean, you've seen it in not only with people consuming podcasts in, in that sense, Kirby, but also the podcasters. I mean, I can't tell you how many people that used to be, you know, regulars on this show or had their own regular podcasts that they don't do it anymore. Um, and it kind of feels like they get burnt out. You know, you get to this point where, Okay, I, I I I'm awake, so to speak. I I see what's going on, but I I just can't take anymore right now. Right? People are just like, yeah, I need I I need I need something yeah. else, and that's where yeah. I like this kind of stuff where we talk about comedy and other stuff. You bring different elements into it because just listening to that doom and gloom shit or you know end of the world revelation talk all the time, it's like man, that that can wear on you. And after a while, you're done. I mean, I I do it myself. I check out and uh, I switch it up. You know, there's times when I'll listen to some comedy podcasts or uh, I love like what Rye does with Drew and Bob, the like movie breakdowns and things like that, that are just random. They're not really, you know, deep conspiracy. It's more fun stuff. Um And even in my podcast, like trying to put together these deep dives uh unless i've gotten to the point now unless it's something that really interests me i'm not doing it whereas before yeah. every week i was finding something to dive into it didn't matter yeah. and i feel like once you get you know obviously you guys have more friends in this world than i do but i think you know there's so much that you can say for it's like you know one year after the other and so i think um Kind of like once you get like your point across, like when I was like dealing with the vaccine stuff, like I was trying to persuade, you know, people in my circle that were, you know, kind of wondering what I was doing. It was kind of, I was showing them so much stuff that they got to the point where they were like, all right, man, like we get it, dude. Like just, you know, leave, like stop. And I'm like, yeah, no, like I, I get like, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of stuff, but like, I don't know, man. I just feel like people's, you know, they're, they're going to listen to what they want to listen to. And well, the, you know, the problem with that too, Kirby, is they've been, been bombarded on the other side mm-hmm. with the other case. Yeah. And, you know, subconsciously they've bo- either bought in or they have questions, right? You know that right away. Mm-hmm. And then you coming with bombarding them from the opposite side, that's like the meltdown, right? And that's what we, you know, I ran into a lot early with people trying to help you know wake people up and 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 things like that and show people stuff it's like if you give them too much they're gonna just shut off and you're you're just wasting your breath your energy everything but if you can find that way to slow drip it to them or pique their interest and get a conversation going Mm -hmm. then you can usually open it up a little bit more but the whole idea of being able to you know 
<laughs> be like a lawyer and bring your case to them and show them, okay, like, look, this is from this journal. This there's this medical doc. They're like, fuck you, man. I don't have time yeah. for that. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's like saving a, a a girl that wants to be a stripper or like wants to be a <laughs> prostitute or something. You're like, you want to save these people and they don't want to be saved. It's like a joke. And, and you're kind of the clown when you want to go out there and you want to help these people that just don't want to be helped. Right. Like, like we all have a friend that's that's fallen in love with a freaking stripper, right? Like, I think everyone has that 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 friend in their life. But that's what these people are, man. These 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 people that just like want to take the vaccines. And I, I wanted to kind of back up just a second, like um, like Kirby, what you were saying, like what you're going through with the vaccine for people that might not know. Are you talking about colleagues, like like people that that are you know in the MLB and they're, you know, feeling like they have to take. Yeah. So just like, like long story short, I've, I've said it a lot, but um, in, in 2021, I basically wasn't getting promoted to the major leagues because I was unvaccinated and the team that I played for Toronto was in Canada. So um, it was just a battle, you know, cause like, here's one thing that I've worked for my whole life. And then, but at the same time, it's like, I'm not, you know, my, my personal health is more important to me than, you know, throwing a baseball. But, um, no, I think just what I was battling was like, you know, people who, you know, they're, they're colleagues and friends of mine, but it's like when I presented, uh, when I presented an opposite, you know, perspective on that current event, it was kind of like, well, you know, you're crazy or you're, you know, you're ridiculous or this and that. So I think, like I said before, I think, um, you know, people are going to listen to what they want to listen to because they've already, you know, there's a lot of people and, and especially in my profession and especially in, you know, the business side of, of, you know, anything, I think, uh, people are cha- afraid to say that they're wrong and they're afraid to admit that they're wrong and they're afraid to, you know, uh, go against the norm. And I think since I was, you know, in a sense going against the norm, it was kind of like, you know, I was seen as crazy. So, mm. yeah. When yeah. truthfully it was like, you know, there's there, like, you know, it's just in like anything, you know, politics or, or, you know, what's going on in current events today. Like a lot of people might agree with what I'm saying, but they're afraid to, you know, join the crowd in a sense of like being a conspiracy theorist or, you know, speaking out against current events, you know. Have you seen this? Uh, I mean, so there was this thing that came out. Um, I'm a big fan of Dana White. Like a lot of people hate on Dana White because he he talks certain ways or whatever. But I think he was on Theo Vaughn's podcast recently. And uh, they were talking about how uh, someone had approached Dana White and told him to take a picture down that he had posted of Donald Trump. And Dana White basically told him, fuck you. Like, there's no fucking way that you're going to tell me what I can post and what I can't post. Now, Dana White has every uh, ability to do that. The average person really doesn't. This dude's very, very wealthy. Uh He's, uh, you know, created something huge. But Theo Vaughn had also gone through that similar thing. And he's he's a wealthy dude, too. Not to the extent of Dana White. But uh, I think it was something with Peloton. Peloton wanted him wanted uh peloton wanted theo vaughn to take something down that he had posted and he had a big problem with that morally 
but I think he followed through with it, if I'm not mistaken, where he he took down, he kind of caved to Peloton. And Dana White was telling him, and I, I might be completely getting this wrong, but Dana White was just like, dude, like we're no better than any of these other countries that we talk shit about because if, if we can't have our differing opinions and we can't post shit that we want to post and talk about, uh, it looks like we got a clip right here. Let's hear this. Kennedy Jr. on and... We had a company call or a couple companies call after that. And my advertisers like, you guys need to take the episode down. You know, what sponsor did it? Um, I, I, let me think. And I'm not afraid to name them. I don't know if I remember. I really don't. I don't know if I believe you, but okay. That's fair. (laughs) Oh, Peloton was the, we just got an update. Um, it was Peloton Peloton? was the band was the people who wanted an ad out Peloton. And meanwhile, you have RFK. So Peloton. Yeah. What do they sell? Fucking bikes? The stationary bikes? <laughs> yeah, dude. Peloton sells stationary bikes, and they got a problem with Robert fucking Kennedy. Yeah. <laughs> fuck you, Peloton. What? Who the fuck are they? Yeah, first right? Of all, are yeah. you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Fucking Peloton calling bitching about Robert Kennedy. Yeah, dude. You want to go nowhere? Who? Who's the yeah, CEO you know. of Peloton? Huh? I want to see this fucking yeah, I guy. I want to see this fucking <laughs> lamb, dude. Hey, you know what gets you further than a Peloton? Hitchhiking. Okay? How about that, dude? Barry, Barry McCarthy. McCarthy. This fucking wiener schnitzel, huh? Let's see Barry McCarthy. Oh, my God. Oh. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, fucking yeah. yeah Barry McCarthy looks like that guy. A hundred percent. And it, look, if you're just listening at home and you're thinking of what he looks like, you're right. He looks like a <laughs> douchebag. Yeah, dude. hundred percent. Where's he from? Oh, yeah. He looks like somebody that eats his own skin a little bit at a time. <laughs> See, and I'm not a Robert Kennedy fan at all, but no, just like, dude, if, if, if a company is telling you that you can't post about a certain person or a certain topic, fuck that company, man. Like, that's such a that's such a problem. Here in the United States of fucking America, man, you should be yeah. able to post and talk yeah. about whatever you want to do. And that's why I, I really do look up uh, in a way to to Dana White and like just like somebody that's different than all these different, you know, commissioners of, of different leagues, you know, fucking Ro- Roger Goodell robot. I mean, the dude's a robot. You know what I mean? Uh, the NFL guy, all these different people, man. It's like they don't they don't really have their own opinions. They're told how and what to think so you know it's 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 interesting man i i got something for you guys i was you know how in college now they have the nil where the college guys can make money can you guess what the who who and how much the top earner in college football makes uh, uh it's probably Deion sanders son right Should yeah he makes like four million or something like that. More yeah, than uh, I, Travis. I, re- I read this the other day. Yeah, yeah. Look at this. Four point six million dollars as a college student he's making. Second yeah. is Arch Manning, who is Texas's third string quarterback. He's making two point eight million. You got the uh Heisman winner from last year, Caleb Williams, is making two point eight million. Then you have uh, another one of Dion's guys, Travis Hunter, making 2.2, and then Bo Nix making 1.5. Yeah. 
But how do you feel about that? Don't you think that these guys should be able to make some money? Oh, absolutely. It's just it. what's funny is you look at these numbers and you realize how much these plantation owners were milking from these kids <laughs> all along. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. and that's the whole thing. Like, that was the big argument is like, why can't I sell something of my jersey? Like, these schools were like plantations and they owned you, your likeness, everything. And that was a huge um you sound like Cartman. You sound like Cartman right now. Yeah. Well, well, Ed O'Bannon filed a lawsuit probably about you know 15 to 20 years ago, uh, because of the NCAA uh games and stuff, the video games. Right. They were making money off their likeness, they would just use their number. And finally, some the court ruled in their favor and they were forced to go this route. So now these kids have the opportunity, and you see it with the females. Some of the money some of these female athletes are making is astronomical in these deals. Mm. I mean, I mean they I, deserve I, it, man. I'm if they're, all if they're for it. Yeah, well, it's free market, right? That's capitalism. If they're putting asses in seats, if they're making money for the school, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, well, just that, like how much these schools make off these kids, man. Like, it's insane. Jerseys, like, like everything. My, I have a friend that's like in online school at UF. And he's like finishing his degree online and I'm actually doing the same thing, but like for two online classes, it's like four, four grand mm. So take two little online classes. You know, it's just like, you're not even at the school. You're not like, I'm, I could do the class right here where I'm sitting and it costs me four grand. One and I'm sure they got like AI grading your shit too. Oh yeah. It's nothing. Yeah. Mm. There's no chance those people are reading those professors are reading all this stuff. You know, all these papers and whatnot. There's no, no. it's kind of yeah. cool because it elevates it elevates the the level of the sport, I think, right? Like uh U of A football is doing better than it's done in so long, dude. I think yeah. they're ranked like 15 now. Um, and, and this is my you know local university. And um, you know, my sister goes there, my sister's boyfriend goes yeah. there, and they've sucked. They've been decent at basketball for for quite a while. Yeah made it to the final four quite a few times, but their football team is junk. And now they're finally doing really good. And like the, the students are proud, man. Like my sister is so proud. My, and she has nothing to fucking do with the football team, but you know, also her boyfriend's really proud. My dad is super proud, you know, and it like, it, it kind of rallies the city. Like there's literally a city rallied behind this university. There's money that is getting flown into that university by all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They said, they said, I remember when Colorado started this year, like their first two home games, the city of Boulder made like $18 million Mm. in one weekend. Damn. Well, it's a, it's a little economy. Well, and here's the other thing that they do, you know, a lot of people are ask, you know, well, why does like Alabama play Chattanooga in, in November? And why is, you know, some of these schools playing these schools that have no shot? Well, it's so those other programs can stay in effect. Those smaller programs are playing the bigger programs strictly for a payday. Like for example, that, that Chattanooga team makes 600 K for that one game. And that's a nice stipend to their their program to help them keep going but one of the funny things i found was that auburn this week played like new mexico state or something and they lost and they had to pay them a million and a half dollars for the game and they ended up losing and it's like talk about a kick in the balls 
But yeah, yeah it's big was, money. Yeah, when I was in school, we played uh, Georgia Southern, and they beat us, and we paid them like eight hundred thousand to come play us or something like that. <laughs> yep. But, I'll talk about egg on your face, man. The oh, donors yeah. are up in arms over that, and oh, you know, yeah. coaches walking yeah. on eggshells after that week. Yeah. Dude, speaking of coaches. I got a I got a video for you guys. This is fucking hilarious, and this is, uh, you know, one of those where being a uh, being a New England guy, it kind of uh, hits home a little even different because this is good old Billy Belichick mm, doing the uh, doing the walk of shame. What like when he got caught? Yeah. Somebody's ring camera caught him leaving this this person's Check doing the walk of shame after banging the brain tree out of some Boston broad was not on my 2023 Patriots bingo card, but I am here for it. Walking out barrel chested into the crisp November air in order to not miss your start time at work is as blue collar as it gets. Every pipe fitter from Worcester to Chatham has made this exact walk, and in my opinion, it only cements Bill Belichick as the absolute goat of NFL coaches. Just look at his face here, looking around, making sure he's got his keys, where's his car, all right, gotta go get there, gotta get into town. This right here is the epitome of do your job. This is the Patriots way because I hope he goes directly from this moment on a transatlantic flight to Germany to beat up on Gardner Minshew and the Indianapolis Colts. This is the Belichick I want to see. People were saying that this man lost a step, that this man might get fired midseason. I guarantee you while last night he was getting in them guts, he was also thinking about how Gardner Minshew can't throw against a cover three blitz. So a lot of you guys might be worrying about Mac Jones, might be worrying about the Patriots woes. The only thing this man is worrying about is venereal diseases and that's how I want to remember my coach. This is Bill Belichick. <laughs> this is Bill Belichick. He is he is a legend. Oh, especially out here, man. Oh my God. He can do no I went to school in Rhode Island, which, you know, is Patriot country right after as the dynasty started, you know, during this the Raiders snow game and all that shit. And dude, it just you just saw the cult rise. And now yeah. it's you know, you're start it it's dwindled and lost its sparkle in the last few years, but sure. still he's a living legend out here. Yeah, nothing can last forever. I mean, you get uh what are some of the iconic like the Ohio State coach? What's that dude's name? Um, Ohio the Ohio State football Jim coach. Trestle, the old right one? now it's Day, Ryan Day. Ryan Day, and then you Urban Urban Meyer, yes, dude. That that piece of shit. I know, but he's still a legend. You know what I mean? Well, he's a Florida legend too, man. Yeah, yeah, dude. You get all these. You guys probably haven't looked too deep into it, but the Aaron Hernandez story, like he literally like killed people in college, like shot people, killed them, and hey, that makes him fucking cooler. In my got it, got it, got away with it. Never got in trouble. Was playing that next Saturday. Legend, like legend. I mean, that's legend. The amount of arrests, guys guys would, guys uh, would fail drug tests, and instead of like having to report to the NCAA that day, they would like sprain their ankle in practice. So they missed that game, and it was like, oh uh, yeah, dealing with a sprained ankle, or they'd say, oh he has a migraine, stuff like that. Like it was, it was. They got away with everything. Okay, here you go. You ready? On cue, we got some Florida Gators. Oh, I love uh, what's Aaron uh, Hernandez. Hernandez. statistic about the 2008 Florida Gators National Championship winning team is that 41 players on that roster have been arrested. 
either during their time at Florida or after their time at Florida. In 2009, the Orlando Sentinel noticed such a trend with Urban Meyer's Florida Gators getting arrested. They started an online database to track all of the arrests. Jamar Hornsby was caught using a dead woman's credit card on over 70 occasions. Then there's Chris Rainey, who was actually interviewed in the documentary. But this story of the time that he sent a text to his girlfriend that said, and I quote, it's time to die. He was arrested for that, but he was, that wasn't mentioned in the documentary. He was interviewed about other stuff. Why well, mention that? It's not like that comes up that I just happened to do a lot of deep research on this. I'm sure if you look up Chris Rainey on the internet, Chris Rainey girlfriend, that nothing comes up. You have to really dig deep for this, for this untold story. Dude, that is, like I said, legendary stuff. I like, this is what movies are made about, man. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying, you know, it's obviously a bad thing, but dude, this is what movies and TV shows and books are like written about, man. Like this yeah. is legendary stuff, man. Yeah. Once in a lifetime, like once, you know, like I said, you wouldn't want your kid doing this stuff. You know, I think that Matt, yesterday we found like the worst, would you rather ever, <laughs> yeah. right? What we were talking about yesterday. Um <laughs> You know, would you rather have your kid be a pedophile in the future or a bestiality person? Right. Oh. Like it's the, it's it's that's the worst. Hey, you don't need to answer, Kirby. I'm just saying <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to stay away from that one. Yeah. 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 I, I recommend you should. Well played. But that's the thing, man. Like this is what these things are written about. People talk about people like Marilyn Manson or no, Charles mm-hmm. Manson. I was Charles Manson. Yeah, yeah. Charles Manson freaking, you know, Hell's Angels hitler like people talk about these things and it's it's legendary but it's not good you know what i mean well that's that's why i mean you look at movies like the program and blue chips those are two great movies from like i think late 90s or early 2000s where they expose the the sham of the ncaa and how you know you got guys using steroids you got alcoholics you got guys uh kids taking tests for athletes you got athletes being paid parents being paid uh parents being given jobs you know all this stuff that used to go on in order to get these kids in the school and now with the these nil deals it's a lost cause because they can just get sponsorships you can give literally essentially give parents jobs and things like that so uh, but yeah, it, it's amazing how these, and, and you mentioned it, right. It's legendary, right. And you hear it with these big programs, you hear these stories of old of, of things and you think, ah, it's kind of bullshit, but then you start digging into it and you're like, yeah. And a lot of the times it's a lot worse than you even known because they, co- they get everything covered up. Right. Like some of the greatest conspiracies are sports conspiracies. The idea of like uh, Patrick Ewing going like, you know, the, the, the frozen envelope, right? Like those kinds of things are so fascinating, man. And the Michael Jordan, like gambling things like these things. Yeah. It's despicable behavior, but it's also legendary, dude. Like it's so like, I don't know. It's just so interesting, man, to, to have somebody so great at something but also like super corrupt and you wonder you wonder at at times is that intentional they let them get to that point so they have something on them you know because i think that's kind of what they did to jordan they got him to a point where they blackmailed him to say all right dude 
either you retire or we're going to blow this whole thing up. Yeah. Or, I mean, obviously, you know, the idea of challenging Michael Jordan's greatness is wild, right? But what if his greatness was kind of, you know, propped up a little bit because he was corruptible, right? I'm not saying that he wasn't absolutely, I mean, he is the greatest of all time when it comes to basketball, right? Professional basketball. Um, Kobe Bryant would be like a close second. And then you have a, a couple other people out there too. But like, what if we're kind of programmed to think that Michael Jordan was so much better than Kobe Bryant because of that corruption and that corruptibility within this dude, you know, Tiger Woods, same thing, man, Tiger Woods, phenomenal golfer, but he's also, he had a, he had a big addiction when it came to puss puss, you know, and, <laughs> and some drugs and some stuff. So, you know, you know, you kind of wonder like, were these dudes as good as we were told or were, was there like an image that was kind of put in our heads about these people? And we all fall in line because of the branding, because of the marketing, because of all that stuff. I always wonder that, Rye, about like old school players, you know, like when when I was a kid comparing like Babe Ruth to guys now. Right. And I wonder if it's just a lot of myth and legend. And was he really just this big fat dude that, you know, couldn't hang with a hundred mile an hour heater today? Um or, you know, were these real stories? And that's the that's the cool thing about it. There's no way to tell. You know, there's no like simulator. You can throw these guys in and say, you know, was this real or is this bullshit? And and that's the whole myth of it. You might have just found. Have you ever seen Deadliest Warrior? Yes. Show. Great show. Yeah. Wouldn't that be a great show to compare like different athletes of different eras the same way that they did Deadliest Warrior, like you break put, them like, down by categories. Yep. Yeah, you put Babe Ruth against like Ken Griffey Jr. against Randy Johnson against like you know Mark McGuire and all these different like you know legends and and who's who's a huge dude today like the uh, like the dude Trout on the Phillies or Otani or somebody like that and dude on the Phillies too the the oh Harper Harper yeah Bryce Harper like all these different guys basketball players you know like that'd be a fun thing man boxers. Right, like Muhammad Ali versus Mike Tyson, that's like a fantasy matchup for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And so. I think, I think in boxing, it's the most comparable, right? I mean, obviously, the conditioning and training has gotten better in every sport, but I think the over time, the sport that's changed the least would be boxing, right? Oh I man, mean, I would say, dude, I think Mike Tyson would fuck up Muhammad Ali. Like but it's the same it's the same game you know what i'm saying it's like it hasn't changed since Ma- muhammad ali's era whereas you look at baseball baseball is a much different game football and basketball are much different games than they were during that era so it's a lot harder to compare be, what's that you don't th- i'm sorry to interrupt you, you don't think that the uh like conditioning for like mike tyson versus muhammad ali would be like vastly different I think they can, you know, no, no, I said that. Yeah. I said the conditioning and the training and all that's going to be con- significantly different, but the, the sport itself, you know, it hasn't evolved as much as the other sports in that time. You know, the game hasn't right. changed that much. The players have, you know, it's not like UFC where you've seen this evolution of UFC from, you know, the bare knuckle days to now where, 
those guys in bare knuckle, a lot of them would have got their shit pushed in really fast yeah. against oh, yeah. these guys today, against I think even it, middle level guys yeah, today. Right, right. And I think when people ask that question, of like the difference in sports from then until now, I think it's just like the, for example, like boxing is more like technique, you know, whereas like baseball, like guys weren't throwing a hundred, you know, like 20 years ago, you know, throwing a hundred was like, oh, like, that's a unicorn, you know, but now like you got a junior in high school that is touching a hundred because of the proper training and like throwing and stuff. So it's kind of like, I think that's where the sports change the most is like, there's just like, there's a lot more ways to, to get an answer instead of just back then it was like, you just have to do this, you have to do that. Whereas like, I think as sports <clears throat> people are figuring out that like, and especially like in my profession, a lot of people like strength coaches and, and coaches in general, like, you know, a lot of people's like, for example, like my, my body and the way that I throw and the way that I, you know, the way that I'm effective as a pitcher is a lot different than the next guy. So I think like that's where sports have changed. Whereas like, you know, like kind of for boxers, it's kind of like, you know, this guy has his style, this guy has his style, but they're both like, it's kind of like, they're doing the same thing. You know, they're just punching, they're punching each other. Whereas like baseball, it's like, I have a curveball, I have a changeup, I have a fastball, you know, like for example, you know, football players are a lot faster than they feel like they were back then. You know, maybe not everyone, you know, as a whole, but it's just, I don't know. I think there's a lot of ways to like, they're bigger, faster a, and stronger curve. Well, that, that, but like as a kid, like, things that I grew up as a kid, like learning the game of baseball are a lot different than kids today. Yep. A lot more. It's, lot. it's more scientific, yeah, right? Exactly. They've, they've, exactly. they've perfected it down to, and especially when you, you know, you get into serious training and stuff. I mean, yeah. they are analyzing you on computer programs now mm -hmm. and, and they're able to take those programs and maximize your output based on that. If you can make the, you know, granted adjustments that they're telling you to. Yeah. And, and that's led to this, you know, that sports science wasn't around when I was playing. I mean, yeah. that was, yeah. you know, the most you could do is videotape and then go yeah. find a VCR and rewind and watch your at bats. <laughs> that was about it. Yeah. My dad, there, had, there's a, more my dad had a video that. camera and that was the only time I ever got to see, but now it's like every angle, like. Yeah. You know, and that's another thing that I was talking to my dad with this uh, yesterday. Um, like a lot of teams that like, you know, for example, like the Astros, they got caught with like the stealing signs and stuff like that. Like there's video for teams now where like, for example, like if I'm on the mound, let's say there's like a little twitch in my glove or like there's like a, I, the way my hand is set is different on certain pitches. Teams can pick that up within seconds. Yep. Because there's a, there's a camera at every angle of when I'm on the field. Like, from every angle you can think of, there's a camera, and it shows. And, like, they can sit there and do it. And it's just, like, crazy how much it's changed from, you know, five years ago when I was I – mean, obviously, I was still in pro ball, but it was so much different. And now it's, like, everything is analyzed. Everything is, you know, critiqued. Everything is – it's crazy. Well, there's a huge AI component to it now. Like, yeah. That's why the U of A football team that I was talking about earlier, they're really embracing uh, they're embracing AI. And, and that's what has really kind of like 
you know, lifted them to this next level to where they're doing better than they've done in decades, man. They've been a shit football team since I've been alive and I'm 32 years old. And now they're actually like really fucking good, man. And it's because they're kind of like embracing this new technology. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's kind of, it's, it's almost unfortunate that there's more technology in play than actual skill. And it's oh, yeah. the people that are actually like willing to embrace the technology, capitalize off that technology, and then move this their their programs forward versus just raw talent. You can have somebody that is, you know, 60% less talented than someone that is just, you know, that 40% dumber that they're not gonna, you know, capitalize off of the technology that is in play. Yeah. But um, yeah, man, it, it, it's it's more of a it's almost like we're getting into an augmented reality version of sports almost not not quite but it's almost at that point and it will get to that point dude to where it's a hundred percent like you know whoever's whoever's got more ai on their side is gonna be the ones that get to the super bowl get to the you know world series get to the championship whatever it is i've I've always wondered this and you guys can probably answer it better than i can but do you think that you know, the powers that be, do you think that they have like, they like they know exactly when they're going to roll this stuff out or when they're going to introduce certain things to society where it pushes, you know, people like, for example, like when I was, you know, seven years old, like my mom was like, oh, we're going to wait till you get to like, I think my first cell phone was when I was like 13, 14, like the first time that I had a phone where I could like call and, you know, and it was like a flip phone. But now you see, you know, like I have friends that have kids that play you know, um, and they're like two years old and they like know exactly what to do on this iPad, this, right. you know, this huge ass screen. Like they could get on this computer right now and type and do stuff. And it's like, holy shit. Like, it's like, I don't know, like you guys, you know, you have kids, but like, how do you, I don't know. Do you guys, do you think that they have like a certain timeline where they know they're going to roll out all this stuff? I think a lot of it is astrological based. I think they do a lot of things based on, you know, like, you know, they talk about the billionaires read the stars. I think a lot of it again, and what we were talking about before we started here, numbers too. I think numbers play a big part in the way they roll things out. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, I think a lot of these agendas are 50 to a hundred years in the making. A lot of them. You know, and people don't see that. They see the short term of it. But a lot of this is part of the long game. You know, you you look at the technology, um, you know, it's, all this stuff. It's just and it's not natural. Right. That's it's an argument I always get to is the f- further advanced we get. And I use advanced in air quotes for those listening. It's. It seems like the further we get away from the natural order of things and the closer we get to their synthetic reality that they seem to be pushing it on on us, you know, Um, and that's my biggest fear is we get to a point where you can't distinguish between natural and synthetic anymore. Yeah, like the transhumanism stuff, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me ask, let me, you know, you, you, Kirby, you've played 
you know, you, you've pitched in front of, you know, I, w- I would assume like 70,000 people at, at a certain time. Right. I mean, like yeah. in a massive stadium. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you've done that map. I know I have not done anything like that. <laughs> so, you know, I've performed in front of groups of people before and performing for me personally, performing in front of a group of people. I used to race motocross and performing in front of a group of people was so much more fulfilling than not performing in front of a group of people, right? Winning in front of a group of people is so much more fulfilling or doing something well in front of a group of people or even fucking up in front of a group of people. You feel so much more emotion. How do you feel about the idea of potentially like performing in front of a bunch of computers and people watching you on a screen and no one live watching versus actually Mm -hmm. exactly like 2020 or like in black mirror, when there's an episode where like you know there's people doing shit and it's all just computers watching you it's people like virtually watching versus actually being there and people booing you if you fuck up or people cheering you if you do a good job there's got to be a massive difference and it's got to like elevate your performance and your will to perform when there's a massive amount of people in that energy there do you actually feed off that energy no or is there nothing I talk about that all the time. Um, a lot of my teammates, like for Oakland, like you guys, obviously, like you probably don't pay attention much to Oakland A's games, but like we don't, we don't get any fans. Like you get <laughs> maybe, maybe if we get two thousand people, like that is a good thing. Dude, you got the most fans to protest the team leaving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, mm. and so, but we'll play like you know, we'll play the Yankees, we'll play the Red Sox, we'll play you know certain teams like that. And it's sold out every game. And it's just like the energy is so much. And it's not even like a, you know, I'm more amped and I'm more this and that. Because you get nervous for every game, like, you know, in a good way. But I think um, like just the energy, like you feel energy when there's people that are just like, you know, and like none of those people know me, you know, it's not like they know who I am or like know where I come, you know, but it's just that they're like there and their whole entire purpose of being there is for one my team to lose and one for like you know the for example the yankees they wanted to win so i think just that is like so much more like that's what makes those games you know and well someone someone like wanting you to do well or wanting you to fuck up mm-hmm. like they're caring about what you're doing like that's yeah. got to be like the the worst thing when you get to a, a high level in sports or in art or in acting or whatever the fuck it would be the worst thing is for no one to care about what you're doing, right? Like the the biggest thing is like, I want people to love me or I want people to hate me. Like that yeah. is the biggest thing it seems like for all these like high level performers. Yeah. No, and that's, I think that's like a lot of people deal with, um, you know, when their playing careers are over, like they deal with like withdrawals from that, like that energy. Right. That's why a lot of people, you know, a lot of those, you hear know, all these, all these old you know, players that, you know, they gamble and they do other things and, you know, they get into all this other stuff because of like that energy that they get from, that's like a high almost, you know, that dopamine just, hit. Exactly. And they're just yeah. trying to like chase that feeling again. So, well, and that, yeah. that makes me wonder about home field advantage, right? Because you think about it and, and it's a known, I mean, you look at gambling odds and there is a factor for home field advantage in every line and you wonder, is it the energy that those fans bring? Is it 
you know, just because the other team's traveling and they're not at home, you know, that kind of thing. But when I was thinking about it more, when you were just saying that Kirby is the intention of the fans is good for the home team and bad for the away team. Usually, you know, except if you're in Oakland or Tampa and uh, (laughs) the other team travels well, but, or if you're in the Arizona Cardinals stadium and like, you're playing like the New York giants, I mean, it was wild going there and we saw so many fucking giants fans. Yeah. It's like, why? There's a you lot know, of New York I, transplants in Arizona, though, Rye. But, I mean, like, still, man, it was so surprising. Even driving from Tucson uh, up to Phoenix, up to Glendale, where the stadium is, there was more fucking Giants jerseys in Tucson gas stations when we were stopping to, like, you know, get drinks and stuff. There's more Giants fans than Cardinals fans. I think a lot of it has to do with, like, the quality of the sports program, right? Like, you know, no one yeah. fucking is a Cardinals fan, mm-hmm. right? No. So... Yeah, man, it's it's very interesting to see how how the energy of the fans can affect the team. But I also do tend to think, especially with the NFL, I mean, dude, I, I bet a lot on sports, and I, the NFL seems very, very rigged to me, more than any other sport out there, dude. Um, the referees, the the way that things shake out. And you're spreads. seeing that a lot, right? On Instagram too. You're seeing lots of proof of it, or at least very coincidental and shady videos. The spreads are wild. I mean, yeah. there's no way that these spreads are this accurate. And the lines that they set are so fucking good, man. There was a uh on uh yesterday, there was a on I think it was the fourth quarter, it might have been last week. But it was a 14.5 uh, total for the fourth quarter. And I hit that under because I'm like, yeah, man, there's no fucking way that they're going to score 15 points or more. And guess what they scored, man? 15 fucking points on that Eight and a seven. Yep. Yeah. 15 fucking points on a 14.5 uh, total for the fourth quarter. It's, it's so accurate that it's like, yeah, AI is setting these lines and you know, it's almost it, it, it does kind of lend credence to the idea that we are living in some kind of simulation, because how do you how do you set those so perfectly? And I think they're opening us up to that. And I think the NFL did that a little bit this year with that um, NFL Toy Story game they did where right. they had, you know, the actual game being shown as caricatures live. And I think that's, you know, that's and they show it as they showed as Toy Story, too. So those kids get accustomed to seeing that stuff. Yep. So it's it's one of those where I, I'm wondering, is that what they're trying to create, too, where they can have this AI sports league and, you know, it's all virtual and it's not real people. It's, you know, a bunch of numb nuts with headsets on playing in their house. Hmm. And I think when you even like just sit and think about like the concept of like a ref, like a game ref, mm-hmm. you know, like you can't question anything they do. You can't, you know, you'll get a technical foul if you, you know, like I was watching college basketball all day and like, you know, if you agree with the ref, it's like technical foul. And so I think like those, like just the referees in general, and I know umpires, like there's umpires, like for example, I think it was last year, like, Throughout the season, the worst graded umpire, like statistically the worst graded when it comes to like calling balls and strikes, the worst graded umpire was umpiring in the World Series. And mm. it's like, 
why would you have the worst guy? How does he get rewarded? Yeah. Yeah, statistically, it's supposed to be based on guy is is umpiring literally the the most important games of the year. Well, that's like yeah. having you know someone that has never carried out an autopsy before being in charge of John F. Kennedy's brain after yeah. he was assassinated, right? Like that was yeah. that's a real thing. Yeah. That's someone that has never never autopsied anyone before is doing this stuff, right? So yeah, it's almost like these people are put in positions to make mistakes. Well, and the other thing with the referees, too, the media isn't even really allowed to criticize them that much. You notice that, too. It's like it's it's like they have this protection around them that they're untouchable and infallible. And, and they're the most corruptible because out of anybody, they make the least. I mean, and you look at NFL referees, they're part time. Those are not even full time officials. They have full time mm-hmm. jobs and then they go referee a game on Sunday or Monday. Yeah. And that's like little league shit. Yeah, that's even shadier. You're trying to tell me those guys couldn't possibly be on the take for you know a little extra cash. You know, yeah, it's more than possible. And it's that's it's what's... Hard, it's hard for baseball because there's 162 games during the year, so there's no way that they do every game. But I mean, when you watch the playoffs, it, it I wouldn't say it's you know extremely clear, but. You know, there's there's certain things that go on that's like, I mean, as me as a player, it's kind of like you just question it, like why it's shenanigans you? for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's one thing that is interesting about, and I talk about it all the time. But you know, I'm a huge fan of UFC. I think it's so fun to watch MMA in general. You know, I like watching one championship. I like watching Bellator, LFA, even Cage Warriors, all this shit. There's a really fun thing that the MMA media does where they will judge outcomes of a fight before the outcome actually happens. And sometimes, like every once in a while, you'll get a horrible judge's call at the end of a, you know, what would be a split decision fight, split decision win for somebody, and they give it to the wrong person. There's such a thing as like a close fight, but there's a clear winner in a close fight. And they'll give it to the wrong person nine times out of 10. And you'll see that by, you know, there's 10 different media organizations that all grade the fights and nine or 10 of them will give it to the opposite person of who won the Patty Pimblett versus Jared Gordon uh, fight was a a, a prime example of that, man. And now, you know, he's about to fight Pat Patty's about to fight uh, Tony Ferguson, which is going to be interesting, but. Well, and that's, that's why I kind of, it's funny because I, took exception last night when you said that wrestling is fake because in in wrestling the outcome is usually predetermined or it will be determined during the match um and told to the participants but the action itself is so real and the toll that these guys get beat up i mean they had a a match this weekend that was called a texas death match these guys were hitting each other with chairs wrapped in barbed wire, um, stapling shit to each other. You know, like one guy stapled a note to the other guy's cheek, like just <laughs> crazy, insane shit that like you can't fake. You know, the blood is real. The the broken bones are real and all that stuff. But I, I guess the point is, is I think, you know, in sports, we have this whole notion in, in the sanctity of it is that the outcomes aren't predetermined. And the fact that you would even question that 
is like, I mean, it's sacrilegious to so many people, but when you look at it and you, you take a step back, I mean, it's why wouldn't they? Right. You know, at least for the, I mean, and like you said, Kirby, it's not for every game. Not every game is fixed. Not every, you know, shot is, is bullshit. No, you can't, it's not possible, but they can sway things based on different circumstances. And we've, you know, we've given a few examples here, but I th- I think it's more than plausible. And, and especially today with all the video cameras and social media and all the eyes on this stuff, it's starting to come to light a little bit more. Some of the oddities, so to speak, that you see in these games. Why wouldn't every game be fixed, though? I'm not saying every shot, every pitch, every hit, all that shit. But why wouldn't every single game, especially with betting, man? Why wouldn't it all? No, be but fixed? I I completely agree with you on that. I think that that's the reason why they set up that thing, you know, like the betting services and all this stuff, you know. And I think that yeah. We talk about that all the time with my buddies. It's like, how are they always so spot on? It's yeah. wild. If it's you like they have a crystal lines. ball. Yeah. You know, it's like they, it, There's, it's and it's like, like, for example, like Florida, like Florida's football team is not doing very well this year. And they'll play it like last week, they played like the number nine team. And I think the line was like 10. And I'm like, dude, they're, they're going to beat us by way more than 10. And we lost by like nine. <laughs> it was like, yep. Wait, what? So it's just well, that goes into more under SIS. You know, you get SIS. Go ahead, right? Okay, Uh, what SIS and Amazon do together, where they have, you know, digital versions of every human being, and this is a fact. This isn't conspiracy. There's, there's, you know, all of the data that we've given to all these different, you know, uh, technological organizations, the the technocrats. Mm -hmm. There's there's real time simulations of all of us in this thing called SIS. Um, I forget what the acronym stands for, but Amazon's partnered up with them. Google's partnered up with them. And um, it, it goes in with the cosmists and the cosmists, uh, you know, way of life. It's almost like uh, transhumanism, but it's the opposite of that. If if transhumanists are liberals, cosmists are uh republicans or or conservatives but it is a it's a real thing man where these people it like teamed up with darpa and it's all is that tracking is that systems integrated solutions right yes yeah okay yeah yeah. and they're teamed up with darpa they're teamed up with amazon google facebook all these things they're all funneling data in and they have real versions of every single one of us doing whatever we're doing you know, Kirby doing what you're doing, Matt doing what you're doing, me doing what I'm doing. And they can, you know, it's almost like those choose your own adventure books, right? Where they can, they can say, okay, what if this happens to this person? And it's an algorithm running an infinite, uh, you know, possibility web or whatever you want to call it for anything that can possibly happen. So I think that that probably has something to do. That'd be a wild thing to look into is how SIS you know, ties into sports betting and, and just gambling, dude, because like, like you said, how, are, how are they able to get these things within a half a point? So many times, dude, I've bet on quarters in basketball and it's a, it's it just, you know, a half of a point on the other side of where I bet. Right. So that's not by accident, man. These people know what they're doing, dude. And it's uh it's, it's fascinating. I'd love to really know how they're doing it. 
but I tend to think that it's all, uh, you know, algorithm based and, and it's not a stretch to say that our lives are kind of built around algorithms. I don't think. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I think, yeah. So. I don't think it's out of possibility to think that they ha- they run simulations, right? And they're just running simulations over and over and over and then looking at statistics based on those simulations they run. And, you know, like you said, using algorithms and all sorts of other programs coming out with these because, I mean, they're spot on. It's It's scary on some of these odds. And, you know, you get – and part of it too, though, with – the way things are today, you know that some of these coaches know the spreads also. And you watch the game and you see how it's played at the end. You know they know yeah. what the spread is. The field goal when they absolutely need a touchdown to win, you yeah. know? And it's <laughs> like, they've got 30 seconds. You can try and go for two more plays, but you're going to go for a field goal right now. Um, yeah, man, it's uh, it's very interesting. I recommend people look into that SIS thing. I did an episode on it when I was talking about DARPA and Cosmism and stuff, but. Oh, it's, it's one uh, of those crazy fucking topics for sure. I mean, it's a rabbit hole down a rabbit hole. Hey, I got one here for you, Ry. Remember we were talking, I think it was yesterday. We were talking about um, how Chinese people now. Are, Doing Afros? Yes. I, I love found, this. I was able to find a video on it because I, I didn't. I, I'm like, dude, there's no way. How do they even do this? Well, here's the magic. It's right bad. I just, I don't know. So look, I, I've, you know, I, I've had two black girlfriends in the past. They, both of them hated their hair being like that. Like they wish that they had naturally straight hair because like hair like that down at the scalp, it's really hard to take care of. Like it's, it you know, it gets very dry. Um, that's why, you know, a lot of black girls wear wigs because they, they cut their hair short and then they, you know, weave in wigs um for people to do this it's it's almost it's not quite as crazy but it's almost as crazy as like dudes taking like pills to try to get periods right yeah no girls like having periods most people that have hair like that don't like having hair like that they'd rather have straight hair and uh you know it's not a racial thing but well to bring in the racial side though don't most i mean asians and blacks don't have a good history together I don't think so. You know, so I, I find this hard to believe that this is like a, you know, an attractive thing in the Asian community. Yeah. Well, this is probably Koreans, right? It's probably not like Chinese. Yeah. But Koreans also really, I mean, you know, rooftop Koreans, they they weren't, they weren't a fan of black people either. So it is a strange, strange thing. But yeah, man, I, I know that, you know, at least females. I know dudes are a little different with the hair like that, but you know, a lot of girls that I have, I, like I said, I've dated two, been in like a long-term relationship with one. She hated her hair. So I don't know, man. Weird. Fair enough. Weird, weird thing to do that. Yeah. I'm happy with no, I mean, just shave your head. You know what I mean? Everyone should just shave their head and oh, be bald. Yeah. I had, I had long hair for years and I cut it. In like March of this year, it's easy. And I, mean, I, I, I don't, I, I don't think I could ever go back to long hair again. 
Yeah, dude, it's like nice and cool. But, oh no, you can throw a beanie on. Like although masculine. it's supposedly much more masculine to have long hair, according to what we heard on uh, Cunt a couple weeks ago. You know, supposedly. you guys did that report where, yeah, like shaving heads didn't come around until the fucking Romans. And uh, I could buy that, was, too. Yeah. I mean, and that's, you know, you think about the Romans, they don't have a great track record either. So, uh, yeah, very interesting. And you you look back at like the legends and stuff of, you know, the hair and you had Samson and a couple different stories where hair played a major role in people's power and connection with Earth. Well, look at like Jesus, Zeus, you know, yeah. all these different characters throughout time. They all had long hair. And like uh, American Dad actually does a really funny thing where they do the Antichrist and the Antichrist is bald with no beard. Like he's got no no hair at all. No, no eyebrows. He's, he's just got alopecia. Bald. Yeah, he's just straight up bald. And it's like, yeah, that's like the most demonic thing you can be is like just straight up bald. But yeah, man, it's uh, here's a pain in the ass, man, dude. Yeah, that's I'm not a hair guy. <laughs> I like having a nice beard and that's it. See, I can't even grow one. Mine's like patchy. So I get to like a little bit here and then it gets to a certain length on the side and I just got to go skin again. I mean, you probably have a better head of hair than I do. I literally it dude, if I grow hair, I look like a goon. <laughs> <laughs> I look stupid if I grow hair. So I decided to shave it. But to each his own yeah dude oh what else do i have i don't i don't know what i wanted to get into there's a couple things do you oh let's check out this ai robot now let me just preface this by saying this is from an old video game but it's pretty badass how she's spot on right now let's see here we go this is from uh what's the game called it's like Oh, I used to play it. Detroit Become Human. Some yeah, Detroit Become Human. It's an old video from like 2018. Your name? Oh, uh, John. My name is John. Delighted to meet you, John. Could you tell us a little about yourself and what you can do, Chloe? Of course. I'm the first personal assistant built by CyberLife. I take care of most everyday tasks like cooking, housework, or managing your appointments, for example. Hmm. And I understand you're the first android to have passed the Turing test. Could you tell us a little more about that? I really didn't do much, you know. I just spoke with a few humans to see if they could tell the difference between me and a real person. But it was a really interesting experience. But this is the first time in history that man has created a machine more intelligent than himself. I gather your brain can perform several billion billion operations per second, is that right? Absolutely, but I only exist thanks to the intelligence of the humans who designed me. And you know, they have something I could never have. Really? And what's that? A soul. Yeah, man, I saw that and I was like, where the fuck was this yesterday? Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, that's so interesting, man. Um, well, well, because, yeah, it gets into that. And you think about, I mean, I heard a story recently about uh, this AI robot that killed a guy in Korea because it couldn't tell him, the difference between him and a bag of vegetables. So it crushed him, you know, and that's the thing. It's like AI is still missing that one thing where if the programming's off, you're fucked because the, out, out, the results are going to be disastrous. Right. 
I don't know, man. Um, to me, that's that's just like it's like you know the 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 early days of the computer. You know, um, it's it's gonna it's gonna be there in two years, like the perfect day is two years away. I think. I, I I'm questioning it because AI is programmable, right? And that's the right. problem with it right now. Like if you go and ask AI to say something nice about Donald Trump, it won't do it. You know, but if you go ask it to say something nice about Joe Biden, it'll spout out a list of shit. And until you get rid of that bias, AI is just another propaganda wing, right? Well, that's not a that's not true AI then. You know, AI has its own mind. But it has to be programmed at some level, right? But for it to be a hundred percent artificial intelligence. You just set the code and you let it go. Then it goes. Yes. But like you said, someone is setting that code with parameters, right? And that's the the problem with it is it's still programmable. It's not, you know, someone controls the program that controls AI. Well, I'll say this then too, to push back on that. Someone controls the program that all of us run off of too. You know what I mean? Like Which one? I mean, what do you mean? Which one? Like all of us run off of a certain program, whether we, we whether we recognize that we that we're kind of programmed to think what we think or not. Like so few people have their own organic ideas. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, even us, man, like a lot of our ideas were put in our heads. You know, I, I like to think that like I I come up with my own like original content and shit. But I, I I saw the shit that I came up with somewhere, and and it's been programmed into me in at some point, you know. Um, and I, I'm I'm more of a free thinker than I think a lot of people are, but maybe that's something that I'm supposed to think. I don't know. Yeah, man. I mean, if you think it's a simulation, then yeah, that's that's absolutely right. I, I would think so, because at some point, then in the program, yeah, you were. It's almost like your destiny to do that. Yeah, destiny, fate, whatever you want to call it, but yeah, it's it's uh it's an interesting thing. Dude, if 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 we're short on content, I've got something here that I can play. I wanted to play yesterday about Kanye West. Go for it. I'm always down for Kanye. Potential clone stuff. Clone or demon possessed? All right, here we go. The answer is up to you. Or is he possibly demon possessed? Now, of course, We've all recognized you little subtle differences in his behavior yeah, yeah. and the shift in his demeanor and attitude, as well as some subtle things in his appearance even. But does that mean Kanye West has been cloned? Now, before I discuss the demon possession component that you will need to understand, let's first talk a little bit about cloning. And specifically, there's one component that I think a lot of people need to comprehend and understand, and that's human trafficking. Human trafficking is real. Children go missing from poor countries and all over the world. You have to ask yourself now, why would human trafficking be a thing if cloning was a thing? Why wouldn't they just clone the children that they wanted to do all the terrible things with? Why wouldn't they just make a plethora of clones? Why do they need to traffic children if cloning is such a viable industry? Now, I've worked with a geneticist and I got to ask a lot of questions, helped work on a few projects. And from my research, I learned a few things about cloning. 
Now, we can clone something or even someone. Definitely viable, definitely possible. But the copy is almost like when you put a copy in the printer and it comes out just a little bit messed up. For instance, the clones don't often live as long. They've got genetic issues and sicknesses. They're not perfect when you clone because it doesn't always copy all of the data perfectly. Also, when you clone something, it is always born as a child, which means we would also have to have age progression technology. And we're still working out the age regression technology. We'd also have to have instant brain cognitive learning data download technology. And Elon Musk still hasn't finished Neuralink, so we're not quite there yet that we can interject matrix-like data into someone's mind. So it doesn't seem very viable that cloning is what's really going on here. However, there is a better suggestion I got for you. It's called demon possession, which makes sense why they would want you to believe in clones so that you don't recognize the truth of what's really going on around you. Now, let's talk a little bit more specific about Kanye West. You see, there are two Kanye's, two different behaviors in Kanye, at least, that you can witness. There's the Kanye who calls himself Jesus and the Kanye that proclaims that Jesus is the way. There's the Kanye that goes shopping at Balenciaga. And then there's the Kanye that is calling out celebrities and admitting that he has sacrificed his mother. They, they, they try to suppress you, but that's how they try to categorize They you. can't control me. You get what I'm saying? They can control Shaq. They can control Charles Barkley. They can control LeBron James. They can control Jay-Z and Beyonce. No, not you, man. But they can't control me. You see, it ain't no name I won't name. Exactly. It's up. I ain't taking no slice from nobody. It's God. That's the only person that I serve. My mom ain't here. My mama was sacrificed. Me too. You understand? Yeah. Appreciate Michael you. Jordan. What about him? His daddy, right? Bill Cosby, his son, right? Dr. Dre, his son. You're out in Hollywood. A lot of people come up missing. Feels like it might be a lot of that in order to control, traumatize. They want to monetize and traumatize. And God loved me. You understand? They, they hit me. Gap, Adidas, all that away. Steal Forbes, who hate me, right? Had to write net worth 400 million. Jesus is king. God loved me. And the erratic, crazy behavior you're witnessing in Kanye is a man trying to escape demon possession without the true authority of Jesus and without walking in righteousness. See, Jesus healed a man and said, go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. You are not to be walking in sin, especially when you're going against these high level demons, lest a worse thing come upon you. You see, Kanye West was involved in the occult at high levels of the occult, where they make sacrifices and offerings to demons to give them promises of fame and fortune and value. And Kanye West is trying to skip out on the payment that he owed to the demon. And the demons are not very happy about it. See, he already sacrificed his mom. 
And there was probably other sacrifices that Kanye West took a part of to get to the level that he is at. But now the conflict sets in and Kanye West is feeling convicted in his heart about the things he's doing and the things he's been a part of. And now you are witnessing Kanye West as a man walking in regret, trying to escape the payment owed by the demons in the occult. That's why you see the battle between the two Kanyes. See, one Kanye is indeed him. The one that claims Jesus, the one that speaks truth, the one that has sound logic. And the other Kanye, that's not him. That's the demon that periodically keeps getting control of Kanye's body when he keeps walking in sin. So yeah, man, you get the idea there. Uh, I think it's an interesting theory, man. I absolutely believe in possession. I think that's what you see a lot in Hollywood. You know, I think that's how they, um, you know, manifest some of these characters. It's possession. I don't, you know, they say they grab it from the ethos or, you know, they're, they're, you hear some of these artists talk about the way they get into character. It's like going into a trance and it's almost like they go to the other side, grab a spirit and boom, or, you know, open up the doors for spirit and then they're ready to go. And I think that's a more likely thing than a lot of these, uh, things that are thrown around out there. I think demonic possession is, is real. Yeah. You have uh, like Beyonce with Sasha fierce. She calls it. You have, um, I mean, there's some interesting things like Justin Bieber too. Like that's like one of the weirdest ones because I mean, like one of the most demonic songs is that baby song. Um, I, I remember a while ago, I looked up like some of the most evil, you know, big songs that are out there. Their songs from like Ghost BC on the list. And then the number one on that entire list is Baby from Justin Bieber. Yeah. And it's all about because he, you know, Baby is the devil. Like he's singing that song to the devil, supposedly, right? And when you look into the lyrics and like how they translate the lyrics and shit. So um, this dude was like a protege of, of P. Diddy and stuff like that. So yeah, man, it's, it's interesting. But yeah, I, I think that that's a, a pretty interesting theory instead of, you know, the clones, because, it does seem true. If you were to clone something, it what? would come out as a child. It wouldn't I think come you out have as another option man. there, though, Rye, other than the clones. I think we have those body suits, right? And I think that's a more likely right. explanation for some of these doubles nowadays is mm-hmm. those prosthetic body suits that you see that they use in yeah. movies and stuff. Because those things, there's no way to tell the difference other than earlobes and they said hands are the two things they're struggling to master. But... Mm. as for the cloning i think they do clone but i don't think they clone to match you know like like you're saying i don't think they have a way to clone a a time progressed person they would almost have to do it at the same time yeah you know i think they have clones for other purposes other experiments what's that that a lot i've seen that a lot with like rappers who like go to prison and they get Mm. out it's like like gucci man they, they look totally different yeah they look Gucci like, Man's a big one, dude. That, that and yeah, like these yeah. dudes that he like, was, I don't like, know if he you was could... a bodysuit. I've I'm, I'm, I'm heard of him and like the bodysuit and stuff. Um, mm. They say that about him. Andrew Tate too. Yeah. Have you guys seen that They Clone Tyrone movie? No. Oh man, Matt, you need to watch it, dude. It was 
they they Jamie Foxx is in it. And it was when like Jamie Foxx uh, is is like a pimp in it, I think, if I'm not mistaken, like it, it's a weird story. It's like a gangster kind of story. And um, basically you end up finding out that this neighborhood that's controlled by these black people is like a, a, a government controlled area. And they're just like fucking with these black people and they're cloning people that die. Like if someone gets killed in a, in a gang shooting, they clone them. Right. And they just put them back out and all kinds of wild stuff, dude. It, it, it's a weird story for sure. I don't know. Do you, how did you kind of read that movie, Kirby? Uh, that, like, exactly. How you said. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. I thought when you were shaking your head that I'm, I might have like misunderstood. Like, I, no, that no, was no. just, I, I just, I think that, um, like, I'm not for sure. Right. But I think, like, just a lot of, I've like always been a huge like fan of hip hop and like old mm-hmm. school and stuff like that. And just like the new, like, like obviously we can get into like, you know, the music is like way worse than it used to be. But yeah. mm-hmm. yeah. like, I think, uh, like I have a rapper that I really liked when I was growing up named Kodak Black and he, you know, Kodak Black, a lot of like, you know, a lot of times that he's gone to, you know, jail for gun charge or what what have you. And, uh, like, his last, I would say, like, three or four years that he's been, like, putting out music, it's totally different. It's, like, like terrible, terrible stuff. Not like Did you say Kodak saying. Black? Sorry. Yeah, did... yeah, yeah but, dude. like, I, and I think that he was, like, easily cloned, like, or do you I've, think I've they seen... got to him and they tried to like? No, I think that he like because there was, I, I, maybe it's like, I wouldn't say like clone, but it was like MK Ultra type stuff. Yeah, like he was like spazzing out at certain events that he was at. Looks totally different than when he, you know, than before. And well, Donald Trump bailed him and Little Wayne out of jail. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and if you remember him uh kodak black made a diss track against little wayne and that's what really got him to like the next level of stardom because when i heard this dude you know i I'm a big fan of little wayne you know growing up and you know i graduated yeah, 2009 yeah. and i'm like dude who the fuck is this kodak black dude talking <laughs> shit about little wayne you know yeah, what i mean yeah and then he like we're we're starting to listen to him and then like oh shit this dude can actually rap he's pretty dope he's got like a good like like style and shit to him mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I, I tend to agree, man. This dude uh, ends up getting bailed out by Donald Trump. And, and you know, he's a Florida dude, right? He worked with XXX, you know, which is a huge... I mean, that dude, you know, Chase... Uh, I'm sorry, Chaz, Chaz of the Dead, talks about how, um, you know, XXX is like a high-level chaos magician. Like that dude, when he was alive, was able to really like tap into some otherworldly shit when he was doing his music. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is interesting, man. Yeah, his, his music kind of gave you a different kind of feeling every time you're listening to it. Now he's yeah. gone, but yeah, that's kind of how, how I got into like the conspiracy world too, is kind of like through music, is uh, you know, like the 27 Club, like all those people right. that die yep. when they're so young. Um, I remember like a prodigy from Mob Deep like started speaking out against stuff. And within like the next year he had like cancer or what have you, whatever he had, like he got really sick and then died. And it was just like, 
I don't know, kind of just push my thoughts even deeper back when I was like looking into all that stuff. But yeah, yeah huge I don't, one I don't is know. Like I, I want to say, I want to say they can like it's obviously easy to clone people and stuff, but I just don't know like how like the cognitive stuff works. You know, like how bad like. Well, we're getting close. Let me see if I can find it here because we're getting close to the, you know, the whole hologram universe. Yeah. And that's, I found some videos on that and that's some wild shit. And that's like, I mean, you can make videos of like, I'll play this one. This one's like 15 seconds, but it's, it's somebody made a hologram of their dead mother and it's like I've seen that. Yeah. what like yeah. I, well, I think don't... about how easy it is while you're pulling it up man like how easy is it for people like layman people to like program their dogs to act in certain ways to train yeah. their dogs and how easy it is for us to be programmed ourselves there's people that like specialize in behavioral science and shit like that and when you have teams of this shit yeah. you can just like brainwash someone to act exactly like someone else yeah. right yeah, and I mean, you look at this. This is just real. I mean, if I would have known his mother is that you wouldn't be here anymore, I would have made the moments last a little longer. I mean, it's it's crazy. Let's see if I have the other one. Uh, That's this weird. one. Ever wonder what holograms actually are? No, the hologram of Tupac performing at Coachella wasn't an actual hologram. More on that later. The shiny reflective patterns on your credit cards and money are actually holograms. You'll notice they look sort of 3D and seem to move around if you tilt them. To record a hologram, a laser is split into two identical beams and then redirected using mirrors. One beam hits an object and then goes onto a recording screen and the other beam goes straight onto the recording screen. Both beams traveled the same distance, but one was slightly altered by hitting the object, and recombining these beams causes an interference pattern that's a record of how light scatters off that object. So when you look at a hologram, you see exactly how light would have arrived if it was coming off of the actual object. The hologram of Tupac is actually just a tilted piece of glass reflecting an image from a projector. This principle is called Pepper's Ghost. It has been used in theater since the 1800s and even in theme park rides like the Tower of Terror. <laughs> that's pretty wild. See, Ever that's wonder a, what holograms that's actually a crazy are? Thing no, the hologram been doing it since the 1800s, right? The shiny yeah. reflective patterns on your credit cards and money are that is definitely a weird thing, man. Yeah, so just just wild. Uh, anything else you guys want to hit on? No, man. I mean, I think that uh we covered a lot of shit, dude. I got one for the road. This is just a fun one. It blew my mind today when I saw this. You guys like uh you like gummy bears? More of a Wait. gummy worm kind of person. Sour well, gummy worms. This this would work with not sour because, but for regular gummy worms, dude, check this out this life hack. Oh, I saw this right, right, literally right before <laughs> I got on this podcast. I saw yeah, this. this is amazing. So you take a gummy yeah. worm, a gummy bear, gummy worm, put it in water, a container, a rather large container, um, and you know we're talking probably six eight inch container, and then add some salt. And you put it in the fridge, and what comes You're out? You're telling me for forty years a little salt would have made them growers, not showers. Come <laughs> Ain't no way. Got some gummy bears, some water, some salt, and somehow putting this gummy bear in water with salt 
It's supposed to make it just expand into a huge gummy bear. So let's check it out. Got some more in there, gummy bear. Put some salt on top. A lot of salt on top. Now we put it in the fridge. Now wait. All right, just got back from work and this is the moment of truth. <laughs> Look at the size of that thing. I ain't never in my life. Wow. Wow. I wonder I'm if it's sick. real, though. I'm going to have to try this. I'm trying it. Yeah, yeah I'm going to buy gummy bears tomorrow. I just saw this right before we uh, signed on here. I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, I wonder if that's real. Yeah, I try. I, I I haven't tried it, but I saw that, and I'm like, man, because uh, they sell big gummy bears. Right? Oh yeah, the my my it's a joke, a running joke. Every year, my parents buy my brother-in-law one of those giant gummy bears, and it usually takes him a couple months to eat it. But yeah, yeah, it's like I think it's a five-pound gummy bear, three or five pounds of gummy bear. It's yeah. a lot. I'm down to try it though. I, I mean, it makes sense, you know, like the water would retain in the salt. Yeah, and it would I'm just, I'm just jelly. afraid it would taste like it was soaking in the ocean, though. You know, like that salt flavor's got to go somewhere. Yeah, it might not taste as good, but I mean, yeah. as long as you can get a bigger one, I think that oh, that's, that that's big the name of the game. You sacrifice a little flavor, I'm down. Yeah, soaking some <laughs> vodka, you got a nice little salty vodka gummy bear. Oh, there you go. Now you're talking. Yeah. All right, let's wrap it up. Kirby, where can they find you, my friends? Yeah, I'm on Instagram, uh, Kirby Sneed, all lowercase. Um, that's pretty much the only social media I have. But yeah. Dude, I appreciate you joining us, man, and and definitely uh, good uh, luck with the free agency and stay in touch anytime you want to stop by. Of you're course, more than welcome. Man, I, I, yeah, I'm hopefully uh, I'll get some free time here, hopefully soon, and I can join on some more. Love it. Excellent, man. I appreciate you guys. It. Yeah, you too, brother. Have a great Thanksgiving. Yeah, you too. Rye, what do you got going on, bud? Not much, man. Uh gonna do the uh Thanksgiving thing here. You know, uh dude, this this Thanksgiving snuck up on me, man. I, for some reason I thought it was like two weeks away. <laughs> and it's just like in three days at this three point. Three days. So yeah. Wild. Um, but yeah, man, I, I think uh, you know, hopefully, you know, people do some fun shit this this Thanksgiving. Have a good, uh, you know, Christmas and end of the year and all that stuff, man. It's uh, it's an interesting time to be alive, but I think, uh, you know, we can make the best of it. And Kirby, hopefully, you know, the Diamondbacks will draft you, dude. I think, you know, <laughs> that'd be pretty dope. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm not huge into baseball myself at all, but it'd be sick, dude. I mean, come over to the Diamondbacks, man. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Um, but yeah, man, uh, good luck with, with everything, man. I, I hope that, that you get everything that you want. And uh, yeah, man, nothing, nothing new here for me though. But what about you, Matt? What are you doing? Oh, nothing. I'm looking forward to a couple of days off of work coming up starting yeah. Wednesday, and then uh, my son's with my my ex and her family for Thanksgiving, and then I'll grab him uh, Thanksgiving night and head down to Connecticut and do Thanksgiving with my family either Friday or Saturday. We'll do like a little small second Thanksgiving type deal. Um, do you guys do traditional Thanksgiving? They do. Yeah. At my parents' house, but I just, I'm not driving down there and then driving back and then driving back. So I'll, I'll, I'll do my, uh, biscuits and gravy and, yeah. and, uh, hang out and 
walk the pup and all that fun stuff and then head to Connecticut. Oh yeah. Yeah, man, and some people do like uh, Italian food and stuff for Thanksgiving. I think I that's did, a uh, fun. I used to date an Italian. Oh. I have a friend, my girlfriend lived in New York for a lot of years. She um, worked up there and whatnot. And she had a friend that has this huge Italian family up in like upstate New York. And we did that like two years ago. And uh, yeah, it's like they do a whole Italian spread before the Thanksgiving. And then so by the time you get the Thanksgiving food, you don't even want to look at food. But you feel bad for it. <laughs> and you're talking eating. red lead too. They're oh, giving yeah. you meatballs and oh, sausage yeah. and lasagnas and all yeah. the heaviest shit imaginable. And then they want There's you to so eat turkey afterwards. Yeah. 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 Italians eat a little different, dude. I mean, you know, we do the Mexican food. I think that's the only way to go. Like I I'll never stray away from that, you know, you know, even you know, my family in the future and shit. I'm always gonna make sure we do Mexican food on Thanksgiving. Just good, dude. It's the it's the way to go, man. Tacos. Yeah, I'm not a big turkey guy either, so it's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. I used to like it. We used to do Friendsgiving with my buddy uh, every Saturday after because it's like a big college football rivalry weekend. So we'd deep fry a turkey and have the smoker going, and you know, we by the time the turkey's done, that's like lunchtime, and then by the time the smoked stuff done, it's like dinnerish time. And throw on a nice buzz, and it yeah. used to be our, one of our favorite days of the year. Dude, turkey tamales. I mean, they're they're underrated. You really? Know, you throw the you throw the extra turkey meat into some tamales. Never tried it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't. Man, it's a uh, it's one of the the rare good things about being in Tucson, Arizona. I'll tell you. The that one right thing now. I did do a couple years ago when I was playing around after Thanksgiving with leftovers was I made like a mashed potato stuffing and turkey uh waffle you take it and you just you just take it all smash it together and throw it in the in the griddle and the iron you know the press oh my i don't hate it so good yeah nice and uh, crispy yeah it comes out a little gravy on that thing yep you put some gravy whatever you want you can throw some uh cranberry sauce on top too whatever you know the fixings it's beautiful thing love it Love it. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it as always. Everybody, stay strong and question everything. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? The first thing they want to do is they want to seize the narrative of history. You see that over and over again, whether it's Mao or Stalin or Hitler, Pol Pot, whoever it is. You take control of the narrative of history. That's very important. And that's what they're attempting to do here. Every nation in every region now has a decision to make. Either you are with us or you are with the terrorists. It's right fucking in front of us. Like, it's right there. We came, we saw, <laughs> he died. <laughs> Damn, that's a cold ass honky. These things are obvious, right? I, I don't run around saying, you know, I'm smarter than everybody when it comes to politics or I'm even smart. The whole point of this show is that you don't have to be smart to see what's fucking wrong with our system. That's how messed up it is. Who has put pubic hair on my coat? Let me start off with two words. Made in America. Made in America. I got to fart real bad and I got to shit real bad and I'm afraid if I fart I'm going to shit.
free fries when you get vaccinated? Um, I got vaccinated. You're saying I could get this? These delicious fries? Wait a minute. But there's also a, a burger element to this? I'm not retarded, but I like rocks. I said, we're leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid. Listen, fuckhead. You have fucking crossed the line. Get that through your goddamn fucking head. I tell you, you take on the intelligence community. They have six ways from Sunday at getting back at you. So even for a practical, supposedly hard-nosed businessman, he's being really dumb to do this. It's bullshit. Oh, you can't shame them. You can't call them stupid. You can't call them silly. Yes, they are. In my line of work, you got to keep repeating things over and over and over again for the truth to sink in, to kind of catapult the propaganda. You sit on a throne of lies. And if you're going to infiltrate some cell somewhere, or a terrorist cell, you have to deal with People that are willing to betray their country, people that are willing to betray their friends, people that want money or other things, and it's not pleasant. You stupid, ignorant, son of a bitch, dumb bastard! Jesus Christ, I've met some dumb bastards in my time, but you outdo them all! What a shame that a few bad apples have to spoil a good time for everyone by breaking the rules. So, what do we do now? You guys want to smoke some drugs? 